Welcome to the Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles, I'm the Managing Director of B Squared and the host of the Sendcast, the podcast for special educational needs and disability. Each week we'll be talking about a different topic in the world of special educational needs to improve our knowledge, to provide support to professionals working in schools and to empower parents. In a world where there's less guidance, less money, more demand and continual changes, teachers, SENCOs, leaders and parents need a way to keep up that fits in with their lives and the SENCAST is the answer. In this episode, my guest is Kate Browning. Kate is an independent consultant supporting schools making improvements around SEND. In this episode, we are talking about SENCO time management, focusing on the key elements. Kate is amazing at time management. You'll understand a bit later when I talk about all the different things she is involved with. But before we get started, as I always say, have you heard of the virtual SEND conference? If you have heard of it, have you looked into it? This is an amazing conference that we started running in 2019. We have now run four of these and they make CPD around SEND more affordable and easier to access. The conference runs twice a year over the internet, but you can watch the videos whenever you need to as they are always available. And this means you don't just get to listen to it once. You can listen to it again and again and again to really make sure you understand the topic. For more information, visit www.virtualsendconference.com. At the end of the episode, I'll be giving you a discount code so you can save some money when you purchase access. If you are a parent, you'll also find on the website Parent Talks, which is the same approach but aimed at you as a parent. Now on with the podcast. this week's show, we're discussing Senko time management. What are the key areas? What should the focus be on? And making sure you are using what is available to you. My guest this week is Kate Browning, an independent SEND consultant who focuses on school improvement for SEND. She has been, and I'm giving you the short version, a Senko, SEND advisory teacher, local authority school improvement officer for SEND, and interim education development officer for NASEN. She teaches the NASENCO course for the University of Northampton and lectures for the University of Warwick on their PGCE program. In her spare time, Kate facilitates the SENCO network across Leicestershire, Warwickshire and Derbyshire, supports governors and is also a chair of governors. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. The SENCO is a very busy role, covering a wide range of areas, often also the areas others are responsible for, but leave to the SENCO. And to be successful, when I say successful, I'm talking not only supporting children, but also looking after yourself so you can continue to support children. You need to be organized, be able to prioritize and understand the resources and options you have. I'm the person who's become organized and to be able to prioritize, I need to know what the aim is, what am I working towards and what am I trying to change? Fabulous. Yes. It's a big role. It's a massive role. And it's one that has huge expectations to it. And, and I think just firstly, acknowledging the kind of feelings that Senkos have when they come into this role, you know, the idea that, you know, I suddenly need to have this magic wand and I can fix everything. And suddenly I just have this title above my head now. And it's, you know, it's in the prospectus and, you know, there's the pressure on your shoulders. It's not like any other role in school. Is it really? No. I mean, it's one as well where you have to, in order to be successful and to improve outcomes and to be really impactful, you suddenly have to be able to have a great working relationship with so many other 
people and roles in the school. So, you know, you've got your safeguarding. It's going to, you know, what you do is going to impact on the safeguarding as well, you know, and, and your family support worker, your pastoral team, the assessment lead, you need to be, you know, involved in talking with them and the pupil premium lead and let alone heads of departments, subject leads if you're in primary, you know, there's a need to collaborate and communicate with all those people that is quite crucial to the role. But but it is, again, a huge amount of pressure because communication takes time, doesn't it? Yes. And, and time is the one precious commodity that we're all seeking to sort of eke out of every day. And I know just by thinking about the Senko workload survey that's just reported back the 2021, again, we're hearing Senko's talking about how precious their time is and how pressured they are. Firefighting often, too much time on admin. And again, it's it's one of the, the only roles in school where you need an additional postgraduate qualification to be able to do that job. You know, you don't even need a MPQH now, do you, to be a head teacher, but you do need the no. next Senko or to be a Senko. So this you can have time to do that as well. And on that role to becoming a head teacher, you become a middle leader. You you're a subject leader. So you're already getting that in that training towards in the senior learning. And you finally you become a head teacher. You've had years leading you towards that. Yeah, and you've had you've been mentored by other leaders in your school. Whereas when you become the senko, there's no other senko in the school to mentor you. You just become the senko, and suddenly you are that god of SEN. Yes. you're expected to be the god to everyone on everything. Yeah. Um, in the literally adding those five le- letters. Yes, you're suddenly mm. expect the expectation. The expectation to hit the ground running is is like no other, I think. And of course, the responsibility that goes that because it's we're talking about some of the most vulnerable children in our school and hence that's another layer of pressure as well so yes I think that's important for people to hear that you know we acknowledge and understand those pressures and indeed myself having done the job as well so I wonder whether you know just thinking about you know the, the key things to support and help time management just talking today about what senkos can do and indeed i'm hoping it's not just senkos listening to this i'm i'm, I'm just hoping that there's head teachers members of leadership team and and governors as well listening to this but i think first of all is is to think about your job description yeah. and just being really clear about what that is because often these things are inherited you know, they're sort of archived, really, you know, they're just dusted off and put another person's name on the top. Yeah. So I think coming into, coming into the role, it's, it's an important document to get right and make sure it is really reflective of how the Senko role is expected to be managed in your school, because it is different in different schools. And we have, in the Code of Practice, we have a section in Chapter 6, the back end of Chapter 6, where it does outline what the Senko responsibilities are, what the sort of nature of that job is. But in terms of how it actually is managed in school, it will it will vary depending if you're a Senko in a small village primary school or you're a Senko in a large secondary, it's going to look different. So making sure your job description reflects how the job is to be managed in your school and that you've had a, a communication, a, a conversation about that with your line manager, your leadership team and, and governance as well to make sure that that sort of accurately is reflective of your job. And again, it's something that can be looked at annually, you know, probably around the time you do your performance management, Yeah. you know, so that actually because it might well be that that job slightly changes in the way it's it's managed and and then job description needs to be updated as a result of that so i think it's important to get that right 
So when you, you're looking at your own job description, you're looking at it and you're looking at what's in the code of practice in chapter six and you're going, mine's covering a lot more than what's yes. in chapter six. And then I suppose it's identifying actually you've got but whose responsibility is this? And then having that conversation with the other leaders and that performance management to go, although this is on my job description, this isn't my responsibility. This is respon mm. and almost making sure that if, if it isn't yours, actually, is it there for a specific reason or should it be moved to the correct people? Yes. And I think there we have this sort of the push toward making sure that we are moving as schools to really ensuring SCN is part of everybody's role and responsibility because we've kind of got it now in every teacher is a teacher of children with SCN. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping Okay, well, we... we... Certain schools, <laughs> and it's generally what I find. This is thing. Yeah, it's got better. But... I think you end up with these bubbles. When you go to these conferences, you're meeting those people who are making this happen. Right. But there's probably lots of schools who don't come to these conferences, who don't listen to this podcast, where we're still a number of years behind. And we've got to make sure, hopefully, as people move around schools, those other schools will come on board. But I, Some schools are doing amazing. Yes. Other schools I talk to, just having the conversation, the body language, the way they're talking, you're like, I can see it. we're doing this because we have to, not because we want to. And there's yes. a, still a level of that in some schools. But other schools, we are doing well. Yeah, you're right. We've got in the teacher standards, it's, it's, it's crystal clear. And yeah. within the code of practice, it's crystal clear. But you're right, in practice, it, you know, in some schools, in some situations, we're, we're still a, a little way from seeing that in a day-to-day -day context. But I think we also need to move into thinking much more clearly about every leader being a leader of children with SEND. So there is a, an element of SEND, leadership for SEND within every leader's role in the school, middle leaders heads of department subject leaders as well. So when we're thinking about job descriptions, what's going to help Senko time management ultimately and managing that role is if in job descriptions for heads of department, subject leaders, year group leads, we see SEN in there as well. Yes. So we're seeing what is in my role as a head of department or a subject lead, what's my responsibility for those children as well. So we're thinking particularly two areas, I would say there. We're thinking first of all about that self-evaluation, the monitoring evaluation element. So I mean, I know as a Senko, if the math subject lead was going to do some monitoring, observation, work scrutiny of their subject, then they would look at all the children in the class and look at the progress kids were making, apart from the children with SEN. Because yes. Kate, Kate will do that. Because that's her job, you know. There's still a lot of that in a lot there of is. schools. That the uh, and it's that um, every child from the next from the government, where they mean non-SEN every child. Yes. And it is. I'm 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 responsible for maths apart from for SEN, where the Senko is responsible for maths and English and PE and anything. As soon as it says SEN, not my job. That's kind of what I get in a lot of schools. Yeah. It's changing. I am seeing lots of good schools. Yes. If I have just offended you, it's not you. It's the others. <laughs> um, I mean, it is. It is that whole, they should be supporting, they should be leading on making sure every child is making progress, yeah. not just those at age related or near every child. And they're working out, okay, what resources do we need for that child? Because yes. some resources, SEM budget, but actually, if that's, that resource is for is supporting that child with an English, that sounds very much like an English budget. Yes. That's another conversation. That's money, not time. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and 
you know, that it's the importance of all our leaders, as we talked about, and just given the example of a math subject leader or a head of department, you know, being making sure that they are looking at the progress data for children with SEND in their subject area or in their department, when they're doing their observations, but work scrutinies, conversations with subject teachers are having those conversations about the confidence of teachers in teaching children, often working at those lower levels and actually thinking then, well, do we need some, me as a subject lead, can we put in some training or support to enable this teacher to adapt their teaching to meet those children's needs? Maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm a year six teacher and, you know, I know the year six curriculum. I know where I've got to get those children by the end of the, the year. And there's a lot of pressure on year six teachers. There certainly is. But actually, I've also got a couple of children in my class who are working well below where they should be, where they're expected to be, let's say. And, you know, I need to be able to uh, be confident that I can make the pedagogical decisions because I am responsible for that child. So therefore, as a, a subject lead, what can you do to support that teacher in being able to make those adaptions? It's not necessarily the same coach job always to do that because they are not the subject lead specialist. You know, that's not to say you're not going to collaborate, you're not going to communicate. No. You're not going to support each other with this and be part of the conversations, but it's not. But you are a send co, not a send do, as they say. You know, yes. and again, it's just that drive to making sure that we've got SCN is built into what everyone's doing rather than bolt on. You know, yeah, with that send co role. But yes, I think just to summarise there, really, that moving toward. A, a way of working where we have all the job descriptions for middle leaders, any leader in the school has that SEN element in there will make sure that I think we get greater clarification around those roles and responsibilities and maybe take some of that pressure off directly always being completely 100% on those Senko's shoulders. And, and ultimately, we're going to get better outcomes, aren't we? We're going to yes. get better outcomes, you know, for those children. And that's, of course, what we're all about. And also, you know, the more likely we are then to see that the kind of approaches to teaching that are really valuable and useful for our children with SCN also impact so many on others that aren't even on the SCN register. You know, there are those great teaching and learning approaches as Education Endowment Foundation has recently, you know, uh, summarised for us so well are going to benefit lots of children as well. I think lots of on this podcast, generally, everyone says the same thing. What works for SCN works for all children. So it's important. It's not one thing. It's a separate set of skills is actually yeah. if you're really understanding how this child learns, it's going to help you learn how other children learn. So there's no, there's no detriment of learning or supporting these children. It's not a case of this is a one thing I'm learning. It's not going to help others. Actually, it's going to help you with lots of children. As you're learning how children learn, there's going to be benefits in lots of different ways. Absolutely. And I think just moving on to, you know, the importance of having that strategic voice in schools as a SENCO. We know the code of practice says how important it is that SENCO should be, should, unfortunately not a must. We we hope yes. to be a must, but should be part of this of the leadership team in the school. It never quite got through to being a regulation despite a bit of lobbying there. But having said that, I have spoken to many SENCOs who said, I really don't want to be part of the senior leadership team. Thank you very much. You know, I've got enough responsibility <laughs> for on what I'm doing. You know, please don't ask me to do bus duty as well at the end of the day. But having said that, I'm being a bit flippant there, but having the voice on the leadership team is, if you are not a member, de facto member is really important. One way that I think St. Coast could think about this is you might not be a fully paid up 
member of the leadership team, but even if you can have almost like an associate role so that you come along to a leadership team meeting maybe once every half term and SEM will be on the agenda. I think that if a SENCO is on the senior leadership team, it signifies that that school is taking SEM seriously. That's what I generally get is we're basically making sure that SEN has a big voice in our school. Yeah. Whereas I find if they're not there, then they're not really thinking SEN at all. They're, it's another, it's a separate thing. It's SEN again. That's the same coach job. It's just there yeah, over there. Yeah, it can really feel like this. And I think this is where, you know, the more support and training we can give to governors who can perhaps influence that a little bit as well is an important way into changing practice. But having that voice or that place on the leadership team is then likely to ensure that there is a, a joined up view on what the strategic plan is around what are we trying to change in the school? Yeah. You know, what do we need to develop and improve in order to improve outcomes for children with SEN? And then how do we distribute the actions that need to be taken to make those changes across the leadership team of the school? So it, you've got your SEN action plan, often haven't you, development plan, but you know, how much is that part of the whole school improvement plan yeah. as well? And then just being aware of the time that's going to need for you to do your Senko role. You know, unfortunately, there isn't a, a set amount of protected time no. That is ascribed to this. All we, we know is, again, from the, the Senko workload survey, that the recommendation there they have made is that protected time should be built into budget planning. Yep. So I think that's really important. I mean, 96% of Senkos, I think, responded saying we should have legally protected time. That is how important it, it, you know, it, it is. Yes. Certainly, remember, as a Senko, I, when I was first a Senko, and this was a number of years ago now, in the first school, I had half a day of fortnight. and that was anywhere near enough. You know, it was, I mean, I was just scratching the surface of what I needed to do on half a day of fortnight. Then I left to move a role and the new Senko who took over got a day a week. I was gutted. I was, <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm sure the reason for that was because she was a deputy head and she had that, that voice, you know, she had that voice. Yeah. At the time, it was, you know, fairly early on in my career before I was a member of leadership. Team. I've got a question for you. With yeah. that, um, that SEN development plan. Yeah. Should that be a, a to-do list for the Senko or should that be a to-do list for the whole school? I'm just, I just want to put that out there so people yeah. look at that, that development plan and sit there and going, me, me, yes. me, me, or should it be improved teaching for everyone? And that might not even involve you. To me, that's a whole school, not a tick list of jobs for you to do. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a, on a practical level, there's kind of two things going on there because development is needed to improve outcomes of children SEN at a strategic level. Yeah, I, I would fully advocate them being part of the whole school improvement plan. Yeah. So you can really see, again, where are the leadership roles in the school involved in improving these outcomes? Yeah. yeah. However, the nature of the Senko role is like one massive to-do list. It is. I mean, you could say that's actually teachers in general, but there is a massive to-do list. And I think the way to think about that kind of aspect of the Senko role really is to try and separate your role as a Senko into three different areas. I would say, first of all, think about the operational stuff. Yep. That's the stuff you know is coming up, you can plan for. It's the stuff you could always put in your diary, you know, so 
you know when you are going to have your meetings with your educational psychologist, when are they going to happen? And your reviews, you know when they've got to happen. You can get those yeah. in the diary. It might be you have set assessment weeks in a term where data is going to be coming in and you need to have a look at that. That's planned in. You might, again, depending on how you work in your school, as a SENCO, you might be meeting with class teachers or heads of department every term. You know, you can plan those in. Your SEN governor meeting, your SEN information report, when that needs updating, that can go in. So what I would do at the beginning of a year and, and tweaking it every term is to get your sort of planner and pop all those dates in. I'm also thinking about access arrangements. It's just popped into my head as well. That's a key date. You know, we've, we've got to get yeah. those in by if you're secondary. So think about your operational. Then you look at your time and think, well, that half of that term is absolutely rammed. I'm not going to get much else in that, term, am I? Because I've got, it's the first half of the autumn term and I've got four annual reviews to do. I would also probably at that time, as you do this, write down based on previous experience, how much time each of these yes. are going to take. Yes. So you're then yeah. starting to catalogue, actually, exactly. just with the operational stuff, I'm already at two at, days a week. I'm maxing out on what I'm doing, yeah. I mean, what, what I, and we, I don't know whether we can upload this to the site. You have a format. I've got a performer for yep. this where people yep. are practical. It's nothing, it's not rocket science at all, but it's it just breaks down week by week. So you can pop in every week, you know, what you're going to do. Then the second element of your role is thinking about those self-evaluation, school self-evaluation sort of activities that related to SEND that need to happen as well. So again, those things like when you're terminally or However often you do it, your data drop comes in. Interventions, you know, when you're coming to maybe to the end of an intervention and you want to sort of pull in that summary of how those children have done. It might be that depending on where your, you know, your focus on improvement and development is, it might be there's some observations, work scrutiny as you're going on. Again, you might be doing that alongside or with another subject teacher or head of department, or it may be that they're doing it and they're feeding back to you, but planning that in, pupil questionnaires, you know, parent questionnaires, that sort of those self-evaluation activities and plotting those in through the year. Again, be mindful of actually how much operational stuff have I got to do. So there's no point putting that in this week, this term or this week, because I've got so much of that other stuff to do. Yeah. And then thirdly, and it is doing it in this order, I think, is your development work. It's what would normally be, you know, traditionally we've had on an SCN action plan. So it might be around, you know, your staff training. It might be you want to get a new intervention up and running and there's, there's training needed for that and there's resources needed developing. It might be you're doing your Senko award. You know, yep. of course, and actually you've got training days in and you've got your case studies to write and your action-based research to get in by certain dates. You know, you're going to pop that in as well. So thinking about your role in those three areas and actually trying to sort of plot it out, it is iterative, definitely. And then being able to share that with your line manager. So the head teacher, the leadership team, your SEN governor as well. It enables them, particularly if they've never been a Senko themselves, to see this is the reality of my job. This is the reality of, in order to have that impact on improving outcomes, this, this is what it actually takes. Yes. So that, crucially, when you get somebody like your line manager coming to you and saying, by the way, can you also just do dot, dot, dot? You can go, absolutely, what would you like me not to do? Because yes. here's what I am doing. Something has to give. Because you can't keep shoehorning more and more and more into your madly busy life. One of the things I've put in my notes for this is 
as a Senko, it's somewhere that I think Senkos just lose at some point. They lose the ability to say no. Yeah. And I know Senkos who have burnt out. It's important to be able to say no, to be able to sit there and say, okay, that's not my responsibility. You've got to be able to sit there and look at your time and be able to cope with your load. You've got to have a work-life balance. I know some people laugh when you say that to a teacher, mm. uh, work-life balance. It's important that you can push back and say, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. And if you're saying, when you work out that actually this is averaging out two days a week throughout the year and you're giving me half a day a fortnight, mm. we've got two options. I'll either stop doing it, which basically means we get in trouble as a whole school because we're not fulfilling that legal responsibility, which comes down on you. But I don't think any Senko will do that because they always will just push on and do more or do more and run themselves into the ground until they cannot cope. Yeah. And then only then, almost maybe what happened for you is the next person comes along, they sit there and go, well, it wasn't working too well. So we're actually going to give you more time than the previous person. If they gave the previous person that, it would have been a bit better in the first yeah. place. Um, so there's a whole load around that, but it's that ability to say no. It's ability to make sure you can cope mentally and physically with your workload. Mm. To me, that's a big thing. And I think teachers will always, and Senkos are the worst at it, is they will put everyone else before them. And at some point when you burn out, yeah. you are actually, if you're doing everything and then you disappear at that school for six weeks, mm. nothing is going to happen mm. in that six weeks. Yeah. It's making sure you maybe reduce what you're doing a bit or you get more support. Yeah. So especially if, if you're that classroom teacher and you're saying, I get half a day a week, but I need two. I've got to get all this work. And your class will suffer. Something will suffer. Yes. Something always suffers. And you've got to make that clear to people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I think the things that Senkos can do, which feels like a little bit, oh, I know what I've got to do, but, but plotting it out like that, it's going to take me time. But I think it's, I think it's worth it to, to be able to share. So you're absolutely right. So you can say, you know, actually, I haven't got enough time to do even half of what is needed here. So the conversation with line management, we see in leadership team governors can be, okay, so what can we either take off you and actually do you know what? This needs to be distributed leadership on this element of what you've been doing at the moment. Actually, that is part of everybody's role. So we can shift that maybe, but also be able to yeah, give a proportion of the more realistic amount of time in order to be able to fulfill what, what is there. And also, you know, that there are going to be times of the year when you are busier, generally speaking, busier than others. So it, it might be that just for certain times of the term or over the year, your time out of other responsibilities class if you're a class teacher does increase just for those times and then it can decrease other times you know so yeah. that's one way of looking at it as well having a plan it means that you feel more in control I think is the crucial way of thinking about it really and I think especially if let's say because we are recording this at the beginning of October in your school development plan this year you have been given the school have gone for we want to make our school more inclusive yeah and as a Senko, they want you to lead on that. And you're going, great, I know what I want to do. I've got all these amazing ideas. We're going to do all of this. And then you plot out this time. And your allotted time is completely used up with operational, yeah. let alone the monitoring and evaluation, let alone the normal development, let alone all this expectations. If you can say that, well, that's lovely. I'm glad. I'm amazed that you actually do want to put, make SEN a much bigger focus. We're never going to do that this year. You need to say that now, not 
sink and drown yeah. and not make much progress and then suddenly realize in March this isn't working. Yeah. You need to say early on, great, I want to do that. We can't. This is what we need. Well, yes, I'm great. I want to do that. But how much of my time is that going to take? Yeah. I'm such an advocate. If you're going to do something, do it well. You know, it's that same with interventions and things like that. We've got to invest in doing things properly and doing things properly takes time. It does. It's just there's no other way about it. So in order to do this very important work to make our school more inclusive and to get better outcomes in whatever areas we're particularly focusing on, how much of my time as a Senko is that going to take? And in the ascribed amount of time I have at the moment, is that enough? And can the school afford to give me more? If not, and actually maybe, you know, there is that element of I'm a class teacher. I don't want any more time out class because I'm still, I'm, I'm really trying to get, you know, better outcomes in my own class as well. So, okay, how else can that be done? And that's around the question as we talked slightly earlier about the distributed leadership and other, there's always the elements, the best laid plans. Suddenly you're halfway through the autumn term and a child comes into your school that you hadn't planned for, that you didn't know about, that suddenly has high needs and, you know, you hadn't had any information from previous authority or, you know, I mean, that's happened to me on countless occasions. And suddenly everything else that you've got planned to do just goes to one side because you've suddenly got to manage the very real pressing needs of this child that's coming at the moment and is clearly a challenge for whatever reason. So again, it's having that plan. You can say, okay, what can I pass on or what can I just put a line through and say, okay, that's now not happening at the moment and be able to prioritize. I think everyone loves to be that person who can do everything, but I think you need to realistically be able to say, yeah, that's happened. So this isn't happening now. Yes. And now you said that to someone else, that's not your responsibility. They as the head teacher now has to weigh up, but I need that to happen. If that doesn't happen, this won't happen. Yeah. They then have that understanding. They can now then work out, okay, that's not going to happen we need to have a plan B and what will that plan B look like? Yeah. But yeah. if you keep saying yes, if you keep saying, yeah, we'll do that, that's great, we'll do that, but never actually sit there and say, that's not going to happen. Mm. The people assume it's going to happen and they will plan for it to happen. Mm. And it's much better. And it's always not great to say, when someone says, can you help? And say, no, it doesn't feel good. You want to help. Mm. You've got to really sit there and say, I can't help yeah. or I do not have the time with everything else. You've got to be able to say that. And I've said it a few times, but it is one of those, and it's everything in life. It is everything in life. It's work, it's your family, it's your friends. You've got to realistically look at what's going on and be able to say no. Yeah, and I think, you know, what also helps with managing time efficiently is if you have your really well embedded systems and structures in your school you know so that you you know you don't get caught at the photocopier at break time you know with someone saying oh, I've got another one for, on the SEM register for you you know I've just got another one for you to pop on you know and you just say oh, what 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 you know actually we have a, a system around you know placing children on the register and identifying children's needs and and actually you know pushing that back and say yeah, go back to the policy <laughs> read the policy you know make follow sure you know, yeah follow that and then I will you know come and see you at an appropriate point in time and we'll talk about that but I mean that's another podcast probably <laughs> but around the systems and structures yeah that's important as well I think just also needing to touch now on Senko admin support because the code of practice again does say that Senko should have sufficient time and resource to carry out their functions including providing Senkos with sufficient admin support 
as well as time away from teaching to fulfil their responsibility. So I would be interested to know, and I wonder whether the Senko Workload Survey has identified this. I haven't seen it. Actually, what proportion of Senkos do have Senko admin support for their role? Because I think that is, I'd say probably most, I would say the majority of secondaries probably do. But as 75% of Senkos in that workload survey say their time has been taken up with admin, you know, the importance of having admin support in yeah. school for all Senkos, again, is is something important to press. And certainly when I'm doing the, the NASENCO training, it's something I encourage Senkos to have conversations with their head teachers about, say, actually, look here in the code of practice, look, you know, here it says, in fact, it's paragraph 6.91, folks, if you yeah. want to go and look it up <laughs> in the code of practice. And that admin support might be a couple of hours a week. It might be half a day a week. I mean, it just depends on the size of the school and the number of children on the SEM register. But then there is time needed again just to make sure you sort of begin to train up that person in what you need them to do. Because sometimes we can think, oh, it's just quicker if I do it myself. It's just quicker. You know, it's like me and putting the kids' shoes away, you know, (laughs) where they're all piled up by the door. And I think, oh, I just put them. And actually, I should be saying, right, kids, come back down, go put your shoes in the cupboard. I've created this space for them. It's the same kind of um, thing to think about. Hopefully with adults, it is better than that. But no, (laughs) often it is. But I think some of that stuff with that admin assistant is some jobs, it's like lining up appointments and meetings. That can take, there's so much tennis going back and forth with emails. Oh, well, I can do this date and this date and this date. Well, I can't do that. Well, he can, it's taking that off a of Senko yeah. can make life a lot easier. If you said, okay, this week I need to, there needs to be an appointment with the Ed Psych this week to discuss this. Can you just arrange it? And that's when, to me, I love tech and shared calendars. Yes. So I can have my calendar digitally. Someone else can have access to it and they can put appointments in for me. Yeah. It makes life easier. So, that way that they can someone can look at your calendar plan ahead and go right we've got to arrange that that's coming up and that way it's just that's going to just reduce that admin time away from that senko yeah you're absolutely right and i think it's thinking about what you do particularly around those operational things and just thinking what of that could actually if i train up somebody else could they do that inputting data photocopying things to stuffing envelopes, putting addresses on and, uh, you know, or as you say, invites to virtual meetings, maybe sending out those questionnaires, taking the minutes of an annual review meeting. Can somebody else do that? You know, those things, which I know you think, oh, it's just quicker if I do it. But if you perhaps a bit of time training people into doing that can actually save you time in the long run. It's, yeah. I think minutes of an annual review is net to me never something a Senko should be doing. Yeah. You need to be present in the meeting if you can. Yeah. If you're taking minutes, you're not actually participating. I learned this as a governor. Is uh, yes. basically if governor becomes the minute, they're not even in the meeting. They are literally just <laughs> focusing on, and they could come out of the meeting, look at the minutes, read them back, and go, "All right, I, I was really against." Oh. And you can just realise you missed half the content of the meeting because you were just so focused on what was being yeah. said, not what what was actually being said, but make sure you've written yeah. it down correctly. So. That shouldn't be the Senko's role. The Senko is there to have the meeting. The minutes should be taken by someone else. It's very difficult to be fully present, isn't it, when you're trying to take the notes accurately and your head's down, you know, rather than up and looking at, at people. It, 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 is, uh, it is a challenge. As a Senko, if your head's down and you're not looking at that person you're talking at, that's a really horrible meeting to have in yeah. the first place because are they listening to you and taking my concerns on as a parent mm. or are they really just making sure they've written down what I've said? Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's one definitely one area the Senko should not be doing. Yes. Again, it, it's that need to have a talk with the leadership team and your head about how can that happen. And it might be, I've seen it work in various different ways in school. It, it might be that somebody within the office staff of their however many hours they work, there are two of those hours a week that are given over to support for Senko admin. That certainly happened for me. And I literally had a tray in the, in the school office and I literally just, I had a task sheet. So it would be what I needed to be done. So yep. I just wrote down, could you, blah, 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 and then I would, you know, attach it to whatever document or it might just be the task sheet on its own and it would go in that file and then appropriate time in the week that admin support would action those bits of admin that needed to be done. So that's one way of doing it. I think it's rare that you probably have somebody who w- was employed just to do that. It would probably be someone who had elements of other roles in the school as well. Essentially, I think what we're talking about is trying to grow this notion of an inclusion team, SEN team. Yes. So it is about not everything related to SEN being about the Senko. It is that inclusion team, the SEND team that we're trying to sort of think about building up. And that will include elements of pastoral, family support worker in there as well. I suppose all of this, it's, it's all about everything we're talking about is, as a podcast, is it's about time. Yeah. And it's understanding that you do not have enough time. Yeah. So you've got to be able to go, I don't have all the time. So what jobs can be done by others? Yeah. The jobs which have to be done by me, we need to get more time for. And it's about making sure you've got a way of asking for that, where you've got your evidence, you've got your proof, you've got all these things. I have heard I'm on a Senko group on Facebook where someone did this. They literally had it all planned out, handed to the uh, teacher. And very quickly, their Senko time got doubled. Mm. So you don't know till you try. Yes. And for me, with the whole COVID and with us, the company splitting up and working in different places, I became suddenly very unorganized <laughs> because I kind of rely on people to do things. You just prompt you and that looks gone. So I had to put a lot of effort into being organized. Mm. I wish I'd done it much earlier. Mm. I found it much easier. And we can now assign tasks to different people company so mm. it's a great way and here's a task being assigned to you by this person please get on with this you've got four days it's like great cool and i've got to do that and it is being organized and allows me to sit there and go wow i've got miles too much on my plate mm. i need to now actually move some of these tasks to other people yeah. but until i laid that out i was just running and trying to keep up when i was able to lay out all the stuff i had to do and think about it in a much more organized way yeah it did take time but then what happened was I was able to remove some of my tasks. Well, that meant the tasks I had left, I was doing much more effectively. And the task I was really, was also done much more effectively. And then you feel better, don't you? Then I feel like, and that's in coming back to me. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing better. Mm. And even if I'm doing the exact same stuff, if I'm feeling much better about it, then I'm going to be doing it better and the outcomes will be better. I'm going to go into an review with a, a state of mind to go and have that conversation and have that challenging conversation yeah. it makes life a lot easier yeah. but if, until you have that whole organization moment and you go through that process and come at the other end it's hard to see what impact that will have yeah because you'll just see if i spend three days losing that that's me being three days further behind yeah 
Yeah. I think a point you made there actually about that Senko Facebook is also an important thing, just finally really just to reiterate the importance of being part of a Senko network, you know, and there's various, you know, different types of Senko networks, but then you can be sharing ideas about, you know, how you're managing time. I was just yesterday doing an online Senko network group meeting in Warwickshire where we looked at annual reviews and how they were happening virtually. And actually people were sharing that, they've actually been much more time efficient by being online and, you know, be able to get more key professionals around, you know, actually to attend as well, much more focused, much more purposeful and much better use of time. So being part of a network, we can share those ideas. I mean, it might be that you're part of your multi-academy trust network group or teaching school alliance. There is, of course, the the Senko Forum, the National Senko Forum, which is a great place to sort of post questions. And your local authority Senko networks meetings as well, it might be. But if you're not part of a network group as a Senko, I, I would really advise you to do that because you can then talk about how do you manage it in your school? How do you manage it in your, you know, you get ideas as well that way. Yeah. Yeah. And people who are further down that journey you're on is always a good one. Yes. <laughs> so you're there trying to make a change and someone goes, yeah, I was there. Actually, this is what made the biggest difference by doing yeah. this first. It allowed me to do this. And it helps you work out. Because sometimes when you get into a school and you're a new Senko, you don't get a handover from the previous Senko. You might actually find out things weren't great with the previous Senko or it doesn't suit you or various other things. It was time for a change, all that lot. So you literally come to this school and you've got to work out where you are and you've got to work out where's my destination and what's that path. So there's a lot to work out and finding other people who are going down that journey, yeah. maybe just a few steps ahead. You'll then be able to start watching them and see yeah. where their mistakes are happening, which stops you making those mistakes or yeah. seeing stuff that you think is going to make a big difference actually hasn't made a big difference. Yeah. That's mm. always invaluable. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I think we've covered most of the things we've planned to talk about. Yeah. So it's, it's all about time. It's all about, and I always think going to discussing time is making sure is this is what you want me to do. This is how much time it's going to take. This is how much time you've given me. So which bits are we going to get rid of? You can really be quite ruthless in that conversation. You can't get rid of any of it. Well, that has to, it's having that conversation and helping people realize. And also as a company who sell assessment software, is you've got to realize time is money. Mm. So our software is is you have to pay for it and it's blah and people go, oh, it's a bit expensive. But if buying our software saves you two hours a week, Mm. then it starts paying for itself after for a while. So it's not about saving money. It's about spending money smartly. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what you've got to do is think about, okay, so I've got no budget, but actually if I bought that bit of software with no budget, yeah. I would then get all this extra time each week, which would then allow me to do this. Whereas if yeah. we don't buy that software, I can't do any of this. So sometimes you do have to spend money on things. It might be resources, it might be training, it might be time, but other people's time. But it is sometimes if you do that, you free up more of your time as the Senko. Yeah. And I think we talked right at the top of this podcast about the importance of, you know, having that strategic plan, being purposeful, you know, knowing where you want to go as a school and having that drive to inclusion that I'm sure people who are listening to this will be be of that mindset, won't they? People who, yeah. Are, you know, yeah, I'm fully signed up for that. But that is everybody's responsibility. 
Yeah, just to reiterate that point. And how is that articulated through job descriptions and through plans, school improvement plans or SEND plans? How is that articulated and within your systems and your structures in your school in order to ensure that you as the SEND co can really work at the coordination strategic level, dropping in where needed to, you know, the personalised approach for individual children, you know, that you need to, but keeping that ability to stay up above as well and be a leader and drive those improvements, but not feeling like it's all on your shoulders. There's a team that's pushing to improve outcomes for children with sending your school. And you're not, you're not the person responsible for empowering all those people. If in your school you need training around dyslexia, yeah. it's not you who gets the training and then passes it on to everyone else. Everyone should be trained on Absolutely. dyslexia. Everyone should get training on it. Everyone should be trained on how to support this. It should be a whole school thing. And that should be led by the English teacher or the math teacher or yeah. the, not you. You are there to sort of go, okay, yeah, we're doing that. That ties in with our plan. That's fine. Yes, let's go do that. Not... I'm responsible for arranging it and doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't it be great if, you know, it was the head of the English department or the literacy subject lead that was that was leading the training on dyslexia and the maths for dyscalculia? Wouldn't that be fabulous? I can dream. Yeah. <laughs> what I've, what I've realised is, uh, like the SEND code of practice, it shouldn't be the SEND code of practice. It should be like the school's code of practice. Because as soon as you put SEND on it, people go, oh, it's a SENCO. I don't have to read that. That's one thing I find with SEN is it just puts other people off, even though it's their responsibility. I think we've got to think more about inclusion than just send anyway. You know, we just have to get into that mindset as well. And not not to say that that area of send isn't crucial. And we have obviously code of practice and we have the Equalities Act that are two core pillars, but much broader around inclusion is, I think, is more helpful, perhaps. Yeah. In that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Should be some of that code of practice should be straight into the teaching standards yes absolutely should be straight over cool so what a podcast a lot of uh, stuff to think about a lot of stuff to talk about so kate mentioned her template so we're going to be putting that in the show notes we'll also put links to the code of practice because everyone should know exactly where that is without me even sharing it but some people may not sure but we'll be sharing that and i also believe kate you're co-writing a book at the moment well Things have got a little bit on hold. <laughs> so myself and my wonderful friend and colleague, Jane Friswell, who everybody knows, are looking at producing some guidance really around the new inspection framework and crucially sort of tying it into how you can use that school inspection handbook as a tool really to support your own school self-evaluation. So that's something that we're working on at the moment. So well, not yet. Really well. It's coming. It's coming. Yes. So big thank you for coming on the show today. I've really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I should start having some shot glasses in front of me and start to literally, as you people say, it's in paragraph six of the SEND code of practice. I should do a shot. When someone says, what's good for SEM is good for all children. I should have a shot. I literally could line them up. On all of them. You can, yeah, every teacher was a teacher. Yeah, there's another one. (laughs) Yes, I would be be so drunk at the end of every podcast because every person I talk to on this podcast is saying the same thing. And it is fascinating. And I just sit there going, how is it these amazing people know all of this stuff? There's all this amazing knowledge out there. But yet there are so many teachers are kind of blinkered and ignoring it because that's SEND and not my responsibility. And no, it's your responsibility. You need to look at it. But that is led from the top, isn't it? It is led from the top. And we've got to change the top. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's where we've got to start. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, big thank you for today. Really enjoyed it. We'll be putting the links on our show notes and they'll find them on our website. And also, if you generally look wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find a version there. And also be sharing Kate's contact details. And you can find all that on our website, www.thesendcast.com. As always, thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed already, you can subscribe by going to our website, www.thesendcast. You can sign up to our newsletter to keep up to date with the latest news. You can also follow us on all the social media channels. So on Twitter, we are at The Sendcast. On Facebook, The Sendcast. On Instagram, The Sendcast. Or on LinkedIn, so search for The Sendcast. And I'd like to take the moment just to thank all the lovely comments we get on social media. It really makes me smile when we get a random comment about someone listening to it when they were walking their dog and it really made them think and tagging our guests in. It's, it's, I love it. it really really makes me smile. If you want to get in touch and let us know your thoughts, suggest topics or anything else, please send an email to hello at thesendcast.com. And if you have enjoyed the Sendcast, why not look into the virtual Send conference? This is a conference that, like the Sendcast, is run by us here at B Squared, but it covers all aspects of SEND. And what makes this conference different is its access across the internet. The conference runs twice a year in March and November, and Kate is delivering a session at our next conference. So yeah. uh, that'll be in November. And each conference has 12 highly valuable sessions designed to help you with every session having something you can take away. So it's not a, a thought-provoking thing. It's actually, I want to make a difference in your school. And that's what the whole ethos of our conference is about. You can buy tickets for future or past events. The videos are always available. So it's not, it's a conference that runs on a day and then it's gone. You can buy a ticket to a future event. You can buy tickets to past events and you get videos of all the sessions for always available. And that's what's important about that is you might watch this as the Senko and you might watch Neil McKay deliver a whole session on dyslexia and then say, yes, every member of staff needs to watch this. And that's where you can then start really empowering all members of your school, not just the Senko. The cost for each conference is £60, and this covers the entire school, not per person. Really good value. And as a listener to the Sendcast, we're offering you a 10% discount just by using the code SENDCAST10. Spaces. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Sendcast. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much. Bye.